let's look now at our all-important radar defense screen. But your regenerated circuits are tuned asynchronously, and that causes concatenation in the intermediate amplifier. Initiated startup sequence. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Bishop O'Connell English Department podcast here at O'Connell High School. This week we're talking about uh, something that is young, scrappy, and hungry. It is the Hamilton musical, uh, the winner of the 2016 Pulitzer Prize for Drama, written by Mr. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, and it is sort of a cultural phenomenon that's taken the world a little bit by storm here. Uh, joining me, I'm Mr. Meehan, uh, teacher of the American Literature Honors classes here. Um, and my class is actually going to start studying the, the play in context of the historical kind of underpinnings of it. Um, so joining me to talk about this play today, which seems to be a big hit with students, is a student. Uh, Miss Erica Williams, how are you? Good, I'm good, how are you? I, I'm really good, and I'm super pumped to talk about Hamilton. Are you, yeah, is, is that a thing that you, excited. I noticed today we're a red, white, and blue day here at school, and you're wearing your Hamilton t-shirt. Yep. And it says, just like my country, yep. young, scrappy, yep. and hungry. Um, did You had a chance to, you saw the show in Chicago, yeah. right? Yeah, um, it was really amazing. So, so for many people, maybe who are listening to it, um, Real quick, as a bit of context, uh, it is a two and a half hour, give or take, uh, Broadway style musical um, that fuses in the story of Alexander Hamilton's real life biography uh, based on Ron Chernow's biography, I think 2007 the biography was written, um, and then adapted by Lin-Manuel Miranda for the stage, um, two and a half hours of, of just song and spoken word, and it uses uh, hip hop and, and I guess rap music to kind of tell the story of our founding fathers. Um, you had a chance to see the show in, in Chicago. For anybody who may be totally new to it, what are your first impressions when you think of the show or when you, when you had a chance to see it? Well, I thought it was really interesting how they created a rap album about the life of the founding father, which Lin-Manuel Miranda actually says Ham uh, Hamilton embodies the, ideal, the, the ideas of a rap album perfectly. And I think it's cool how they take the story of the war and his politics and his personal life and merge it all into one two and a half hour play which it, and it takes like um, actual historical facts and uses it to make teenagers and everyone interested in American history. Yeah, I mean it really, and maybe I'm just doing that dorky teacher thing, but it, it really does get you excited about history to listen to it. I mean by all rights this should be really lame and really boring, like a really bad schoolhouse rock, um, but it seems like it's exactly the opposite. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think that um, there's something about this that just works for a, a modern audience? Do you um, think? I think that Lynn is just honestly a brilliant person and he um, really he was a great songwriter and that like it was interesting to hear all the like songs and stuff but then on the other hand it was like oh it's actual his like history not just great songs in one play so it's doing a good job of i guess being culturally relevant but at the same time being historically accurate yeah. um you know i'm looking at it uh, from both an educator's perspective and just as a fan of music and i noticed uh when i looked into to prepare for this podcast, um, looking at my show notes, um, th this won the Pulitzer Prize for, for Drama in 2016, um, which is amazing. Um, it won the 2016 MacArthur Foundation's Genius Grant, and like you said about the, the author being really brilliant, uh, there's something really, really great about that. Um, it was nominated for 16 Tony Awards, which is like a Broadway record. Um, they wound up winning 11 of them, and people are like, well, it didn't win all of them. Um, but it was actually nominated against itself in some categories, right. so it won 11 different uh, awards. Um, and the First Lady Michelle Obama has said about the show um, repeatedly in interviews. She says it was simply, um, as she tells everybody, the single best piece of art in any form that she has seen in her life. 
Um, and I think that's maybe a really high endorsement from somebody who sees a lot of art, you know, I mean, as part of being a head of state or, the, you know, the wife of a head of state. Um, do you think that lives up to the hype? Because so many times things are, are so built up that they can't possibly deliver. Does Hamilton deliver on that hype? I think it actually does. As she said, it's like a form of art. So it takes both uh, dancing, singing, and acting and puts them in all in one play. And I'm a dancer myself. And I, when I went and saw the show, like I was like amazed by how great the dancing was. The singing was amazing. The rapping was amazing. And of course, the acting was just like incredible. Um, I think that what you're talking about here is, is really cool. And you mentioned it earlier about um, that earlier line, I, I actually, when they first performed uh, the first exit, we were listening a little bit yesterday in class, um, and Lynn performed at, at the White House at the evening of poetry, music, and spoken word. Um, and he said to the audience, you know, he says, Alexander Hamilton's life feels like the, the ethos of hip-hop, like the, the story of a hip-hop uh, person. Born a penniless orphan in St. Croix, illegitimate birth, um, had nothing, um, wound up catching uh, you know, himself in arguments with every other founding father because of the strength of his writing. And so this idea about writing one's way out of poverty is a very hip-hop kind of tradition. Tapping into that same vibe, that, that, that urban aesthetic and that sort of dance and like that hip-hop, that energy, like your shirt says, it makes you scrappy and young and energetic. Um, if you had to describe the energy of the Hamilton show when you had a chance, you saw it in, in Chicago just a few weeks back, um, what was the energy like in, in that room? Um, well, I think it kind of changed like from scene to scene. So there's sometimes where they're like super hype and excited and stuff, but then it can totally just like switch and be like completely sad. Like I cried four times. It was ridiculous. I love how you're keeping track of the number of times that you cried on the. Yeah. It was it was pretty sad, but I um, like it was so amazing how I was so happy one moment and I was like dancing, and then the next I was like, this is the most emotional like journey I've ever been yeah. through in my entire life. So this episode is actually airing on uh, Friday night, I think the 21st of, of October, I got that right. Um, tonight on uh, PBS, there's a documentary about the, the making of the Hamilton musical. And in it, um, Ron Chernow, who wrote the biography um, of, of Alexander Hamilton, says he's often and more than once compared Lin-Manuel Miranda to Shakespeare. Um, that there is a brilliance in that level of craft and detail in the writing, and that he stayed so true to the factual story here, it really helps to, to bring that energy that you ride the emotional roller coaster that the real life of Alexander Hamilton, his life almost seems like a Shakespearean tragedy. Um, did you find yourself like rooting for this character or rooting against him? Like when you, when you go through the story, did I mean, how did that work for you? At the beginning, I was just so amazed by him. I thought he was so cool. Like, you, he wrote his way out of poverty, literally. And then towards the end, like, something's happened in the story, and you get a little mad at him. But by the end, you're like, wow, like, this guy was, like, still amazing, even though he made some mistakes in his life. So I was rooting for him, but, I, I like, during the story, sometimes I would get a little... Oh, he made some mistakes, and it made me kind of angry. It, it looks to the idea about the, the, the tragic hero and, and the idea of this classic conceit of, uh, you know, a person who rises up um, from nothing and then winds up having a tragic flaw, um, right. a hamartia, as we saw it called in Greek tragedy. Um, and Alexander Hamilton, at the end of it, it poses the question, I think, um, in one of the interviews, uh, an interviewer had said something like, must someone be a good person to have been a great person? Because I get, I get the vibe that this Hamilton story really is the story of a great man, um, you know, our $10 founding father, right? Um, but there are moments in there where you think, like, he's a bad guy. Like, he does some really rotten stuff. Um, when I went to see it with my family, my mom was like, he doesn't seem like a very good guy because my mom isn't really that big of a fan. She hadn't really listened to the album that much. She's like, he doesn't seem like that good of a guy. And I was like, yeah, sometimes he's really not. But, you know, he, like, started the foundation of our economics in our country, and he, like 
wrote so much about the Constitution and stuff, and he really like helped develop our country. Sure. But on the other hand, he made some mistakes in his personal life. Personal life, and I think that we've talked about that through our election cycle. Whether or not a personal life is what affects someone's ethos and their credibility as as a statesman, if they could be uh, a national success, if they have those sort of skeletons in the closet. And I don't think Hamilton gives us a clear answer to that. I think it actually lets us kind of grapple with that question. Right. Um, do you find yourself rooting for any one character in the show more than Hamilton? Is there anyone you really identify with? Um, well, I sort of root for Angelica a lot just because I think she's so amazing and her story of she's, we get the impression that she's in love with him even though her sister is married to him. Right. And I think I kind of root for Angelica because she just is such a good person and she gives up Hamilton so that her sister can be happy. So I find myself rooting for Angelica a lot, like being like, oh, she's like a great person and a great sister and a great friend. So for those who are not familiar with the source material, um, Angelica Schuyler, um, the elder of the Schuyler sisters, um, there are actually more Schuyler children in, in real life than there are in the play. Um, and then there, there's more than like Peggy who disappears uh, midway through <laughs> the first act. Um, but Angelica is the eldest of the sisters. Now in the real life, she was actually married before she met Hamilton. Um, but in the show, she makes a personal call for sacrifice, says, look, I'm the eldest in my family. I'm going to go ahead and marry for money or wealth and to extend their father's legacy um, because the this, this Schuyler family is well-to-do in, in New York politics. Um, in the show, she sort of takes a step back and says, I want my younger sister to be able to, to marry um, and to do well. And she marries for love, whereas Angelica marries for money. Um, but in real life, there's there's a lot of evidence to suggest that there were correspondences between these two people right. that even though they were both married, they, they seem to have like a real flirtation going on. Um, did, did your heart break for Angelica in the story, or did you, you find yourself like rooting against her by towards her sister as, as parts of the story continued? Um, I was really rooting for Angelica like throughout most of the play, and then after Hamilton cheats on his wife, I started rooting for both Angelica and Eliza, and I was like, the girl power just like took yeah. over, and like after uh, Eliza like started singing the song "Burn" at the end of the story, and then. Um, and Angelica comes back. She's like, I'm not here for you, like, right. to Hamilton. It's just, like, the girl power, really. There's a really cool um, power empowerment message in this story. I mean, the story of, of course, immigrants, you know, rising up and, and right. coming in uh, with nothing and, and making our way uh, to the top. Um, but there is this, this, there's this, this female perspective as well. I mean, very, two very, very empowered female characters. I'm struck by um, the, the song Satisfied because uh, Angelica gets this, this rap, and it's like Nicki Minaj style verse. It's right. really, really articulate and very, very fast. And uh, some people have criticized and said the, the hardest raps in the show to sing are actually those to the females. Um, what would you say to somebody who says, you know, women don't get equal treatment in this musical, because it is about a man. Um, do they have their time in, in the show to shine where it, it does create a, a girl power kind of message as well? I think it really does. They have their equal like opportunities to sing and stuff. Um, as Angelica says, like she in the beginning of the story during um, the song "The Skylar Sisters," she's like, "We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal." But then she goes on to say, "When I meet Thomas Jefferson, I want to include women in the sequel." And so she's right. really saying, like, "Yeah, I read Thomas Paine and stuff, and I want to women to be equal." And she fight for equality, right? And so she says, "Maybe men are freaked out by that, but I don't care. I want." to be equal. And Angelica Schuyler actually does meet Thomas Jefferson in real life. They meet in France. Um, and they have a real series of conversations where Angelica is pushing him to include for women's rights um, and lobbying for the rights of a new nation, uh, which is wild. Um, Thomas Jefferson comes across in this play as less of a good person than history might want to have us think him as. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, do you like Thomas Jefferson in this story, or is he a uh, less likable character? 
Um, sometimes I feel like Jefferson is a really bad guy, but then when you, I've like said this conversation with my sisters a million times, my sister, I'll be like, oh, Jefferson's such a jerk, but then they'll be like, he did like the Louisiana Purchase, like you can't yeah. really say he's yeah. a jerk. I mean, I think he's personally kind of sleazy, and right. we get a clear sense of that in this story here. He comes into Rune Hamilton's fun. But the show does a great job of presenting everyone warts and all. Like, they're all people who have goods and bads about them. Even George Washington, um, who's, who's played expertly on the Broadway cast record, Christopher Jackson's voice is like, it's like right? Amazing, absolutely. Very, very good. Um, but to listen to the, the eloquence and elegance, right, that this man commands respect, um, it still shows him as a flawed and vulnerable character that has these three-dimensional things. And I think maybe that's what I love as a teacher of this, is it really humanizes these larger-than-life, like, Greek frieze-type statues, and it makes them... Because we think about the founding fathers as wow, they were so amazing and they like created our foundation of our country. But then on the other hand, they actually are still just people. And just people, it. and actually people much closer to our age now, like whether we're eight, sixteen, or in our thirties, right. versus like you know these two hundred year old you know marble busts or things like that. Um, do you have a favorite moment in the show, or a favorite song in the show, or a favorite piece of the show? I have a lot. Um, <laughs> It's kind of hard to say. It's like picking your favorite child. Right. Got it. I'd probably say, like, in my in the first act, I really love the song Wait For It yes. that Aaron Burr sings because it's just incredible. Me and my dad talk about it, and he says, I think that, like, this could be a pop song on the radio, and people would still love it, and it's just a great, like, honestly amazing song. I love that song, and um, obviously we talked about it, Satisfied. It's right. also amazing. Um, and in the second act, I kind of, I really like the cabinet battles because I think they're so funny. Like The rhetoric and, and the, the articulate uh, banter between these characters, um, you know, it does a really wonderful job of blending like the language of hip hop as a medium to tell a story that is timeless. Uh, right. You know, it's a, it's a founding of the country. Um, you mentioned that song about Wait For It. Leslie Odom Jr., who won the, the Tony for his, his performance, um, again, a great great voice to hear him do it. But the song is very strong. Um, you know, Lynn, Lynn wrote the song and he said, you know, I feel bad, I have two great songs. Uh, you know, Wait For It in the Room Where It Happens. And I gave them both to Leslie. He says, I wish I would have sung it myself. Because they really are showstoppers. To listen to this, this thing where we have, and we studied um, Jonathan Edwards, uh, Sinners in the Hands of the Angry right. God. We have a grandson of a fire and brimstone preacher who is fired up and he wants to take on the world, but he knows he has to sort of pick his spot. And so his whole credo is to wait for it and like to wait to seize that moment. Right. Whereas Hamilton's entire ethos is like to throw away, you know, to, to not throw away his shot, to take that thing. And so these people are on like a collision course, almost like a Shakespearean tragedy, that from the beginning we know these star-crossed lovers or haters will find themselves kind of colliding together. And it's this brilliant interplay that I think does a really good job of Again, it feels Shakespearean um, to me, um, which I kind of geek out about. Um, you said that second half of the, the cabinet battles, you dig that. Yeah, a lot. They're really funny. And I just, I think they're so, like, so funny how they make jokes about each other. Mm -hmm. And like um, Jefferson's like, he dresses like fake royalty and stuff. And like Hamilton's like, that's just not true. And it kind of reminds me of like presidential debates sure. like now. Sure. Like it's so funny. And that there's a lot of ad hominems. We talked about fallacies right. in class, right? And he's like, you know, you keep ranting about who, who does the planting in the South. We know who's doing your planting, he says. Right. And he really kind of nails them on that. Um, so for class, we're talking about a rhetoric projects. Are you, are you at all nervous to have to do a rhetoric-style project, project about this? I'm extremely nervous just because um, Lynn, like, I don't know how someone lives up to what he created. It took him seven years to write the play. So, I mean, you guys have about uh, six three weeks, weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. Um, so if it's, if, it's, if it's one piece... Um, but you're going to have a chance, I guess, to do like identity ciphers. You can do like a two to three minute piece for yourself right. um, or work in a partner where you can kind of do that battle rap style. Do you have a preference for yourself yet? I haven't 
quite decided yet what I'm doing. I it's gonna be impossible for me. I'm gonna be it's gonna be the struggle, but the good news is we have a chance to play fictional characters. We're not picking on each other. We're right. picking characters from literature, characters from history. Um, do you think it's a good chance to sort of try to do the same style things that we're seeing in the Hamilton musical? Yeah, I actually think it's a great opportunity to try it. I'm nervous, obviously, but I'm also excited to like find pick something that I can be really interested about and like learn in a different way. That's a great way to put it. I can't wait to be in the room where it happens. <laughs> um, hashtag wait for it, wait for it. Um, do you have a last word? If you had a tweet size summary of Hamilton, hey, moms and dads, students, check out this musical because 140 characters because it is absolutely amazing and brilliant and all the characters are just so dynamic and wonderful and it's just a great play to listen to or see or anything. I just love it. Are you pumped to study it in a literature style class? Look at rhetoric, arguments? Um, in history today we were talking about stuff and I, I was like, oh my gosh, this Hamilton song fits that, this Hamilton song fits that and my, I think my teacher was getting a little annoyed at me. But I was I, like, You know, I sat in Dr. LeBlanc's class and they were doing Hamilton rhetoric style stuff. They brought in pieces of the cabinet battles right. and things like that, Federalist Papers. So we're going to take that stuff apart in, in history class and you thought English class was boring. Um, so I'm super pumped about this. Um, Erica, high five. Congratulations on the job well done. Thank you. I'll see you in class. We'll, we'll have more conversation about Hamilton. Uh, moms and dads, tune into the documentary tonight. It's going to be great. Um, or shoot me a, a tweet at DJO if you want to learn more about the show. Um, Erica, thank you for your time yeah. today. Um, and we'll catch you guys back here next week for another podcast.